Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us today. Today, we are honored to have uh, Samantha Turner. She's a campaign manager for the Poor People's Campaign, among many other illustrious organizations she chairs or serves under. And the illustrious Reverend Dr. Rodney Sadler is an associate professor of Bible and, direct, and the director of the Center for Social Justice and Reconciliation at Union Presbyterian Seminary among his myriad of other things. Thank you so kindly, guys, for really, for being out here on Politics Done Right to give us this information about this, this event that we have every year and throughout the year. So anyhow, welcome aboard, uh, Dr. Sadler. Tell us a little bit about exactly what this Moral Monday event is gonna be about. Well, I'd, I'd love to tell you a little bit about it, but because Samantha is busy, I wanna get her to, to say as much as she can uh, while she's uh, while she's transitioning here, uh, the Moral Monday event in Charlotte this upcoming Monday uh, is an opportunity to bring the Moral Monday message back home to the Charlotte community. Uh, and Sam, would you like to say something about it? Sure. So um, I can I can tell you the history of it. Reverend Sadler actually can tell you the history of it better, but it started with the NAACP here in uh, in North Carolina when Reverend William Bishop Barber was uh, the president of the NAACP. He started the Moral Monday event to uh, protest legislation that was starting uh, and hurting people uh, uh, and taking away their health care. And he actually... Um, you know, the force that it became, Moral Mondays became, on the legislature actually changed the vote and the health care uh, was not slashed. So um, Moral Monday has a long history. The last one in Charlotte was, and, and you can find that out at the poorpeoplescampaign.org. Please go there. There's some great information. There's a whole bunch on Moral Monday and the history and pictures. It's wonderful. Um, I just don't want to miss my exit. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, um, it, it, it's going to be uh, wonderful. This, this event, we're going to have uh, speakers from the clergy, from I think five or six different uh, denominations of um, Christianity, Judaism, um, Muslim faiths, and um, we will have theomusicology. We will have um, impacted speakers. I don't I don't usually speak. <laughs> I'm not the speaker. So uh, we, we let we give impacted speakers the microphone so we can hear from them how the policies in this country and in the state impact them. Um, and and that's how we have to uh, push the legislature. So moral Mondays are not um, they are not partisan. They're never partisan, but they are highly political. Well, and look, let me tell you, first of all, uh, first of all, um, uh, Samantha, we we like everybody to be able to get out there and speak. You know, yes. I mean, uh, especially those who are working it, working so hard in the background as uh, as you are. So first of all, thank you very much. Let's go back to uh, uh, Dr. Sadler, Reverend Dr. Sadler. Um, yes. The, the 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 moral Monday started yes with healthcare, but it really under the poor uh, people's campaign it really morphed into a hell of a lot more. And sorry for the wordiology slipped, 
again, it, it, it morphed into a whole lot more. And I think it is something that America needs to understand the reasoning behind why it had to morph. Good. So actually, the, the Moral Monday movement began in 2013, uh, August 29th, when William Barber and 16 of his good friends walked into the General Assembly building of North Carolina and said that we will not take what's going on. We will not take uh, the legislation that's been poured out on the state from the American Legislative Exchange Council. Uh, at that point in time, it was the first time in more than 100 years that the General Assembly and governorship of the North state of North Carolina had gone to the Republican Party. Uh, and this time, it wasn't just Republicans that were governing us. It was a group of extremists that were hell-bent on trying to uh, do things to turn back the tide, to remove the advances that had come about in the state of North Carolina in things like health care and things like education and things like voting rights. Uh, and in essence, they were trying to do a systematic turning back the clock to the 1940s, the 1950s, if, the, if I can. They'd done things like they were trying to pass a, 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 a uh, scheme to put vouchers in the hands of people of North Carolina and undermine the public education system. They were trying to make sure that the uh, Affordable Air Care Act that had just come through the Obama administration, that it failed in the state of North Carolina. They wanted to deny uh, the right of North Carolinians to have access to health care. And the easiest way for them to do that was to deny Medicaid expansion. They're trying to work against uh, the rights of workers uh, and trying to turn back the tide on the ability to unionize in the state of North Carolina. They were working, uh, working against uh, access to voting rights. And literally, uh, one of the most frustrating things was that uh, we had made such significant advances in the state of North Carolina, in part led by the work of the North Carolina NAACP, uh, that they had uh, were trying to turn back early voting. They were trying to uh, put in place voter ID laws. They were trying to gerrymander the state. Uh, in the aftermath, this is in the middle of our first Moral Monday campaign in 2013, in the aftermath of the um, the decision that came out of the Supreme Court, Shelby versus uh, Holder, uh, they literally the day after in the state of North Carolina put in place a monster voter disenfranchisement act that would literally work with, as this fourth circuit uh, circuit court said, surgical precision against the rights of African-American voters. Uh, they put in place this monster voter disenfranchisement bill that really did try to turn back the tide. Uh, so Moral Monday became an effort to stand against this. It was an effort to say, we need to uh, push back against our legislature. We need to make sure that we remind them that they have a constitutional responsibility to care for all of the rights of all of the citizens of the state. And they couldn't pick and choose, and they could not take away the rights of those who are most vulnerable uh, and most at risk. So Moral Monday was originally an opportunity to make all of these issues come to the forefront. What I love about Dr. Barber is that he said, this is a fusion moral movement. So we're yes, not just fighting for health care. We're not just fighting for voting rights. We're not just fighting for education. We're fighting for all of it because we don't just want a state where we've got good education and poor health care or good health care and poor voting rights or good voting rights and poor uh, abilities of people from outside of the nation to immigrate within to it. We need victories in all of these areas. And in order to be successful, we need to work together. We need to come together and we need to uh, we need to be a moral voice that 
bears witness together. So I think that's what the Moral Monday movement was at its inception and what it still continues to be in the state of North Carolina and around the country. And as I understand it now, Samantha, uh, it, this is uh, while this is coming back to Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Uh, is it Charlotte? Yes. Coming back to Charlotte, North Carolina. This movement now is uh, is countrywide. What? Uh, how can they find out about Monday? What's going on, and and all the resources that they can get uh, to work with you in uh, on on Monday. Right now, the event is listed on the North Carolina Poor People's Campaign page uh, website. Um, it is PPC. Uh, uh, PPC I'll find it and post it. Dash NC.org. PPC dash NC.org. Uh, the event invitation is there. And otherwise, please go to the poorpeoplescampaign.org, sign up in your state. Um, any, you will get emails from uh, circles or, or groups in your area and they will reach out to you. Let me ask one other question. Is this gonna be streamed as well for people who want to see it in real time? Yes, it will. It will be streamed on that page. On the, uh, Actually, uh, it's going to be streamed on our social media, so on Facebook and Twitter, and I believe Instagram mm -hmm. for, from the North Carolina Poor People's Campaign, yes. Now, let me say one thing that I've always concerned me in that I don't think this movement has gotten the amount of attention from our quote-unquote mainstream media as some hate groups have gotten whenever they, they do something. You guys are actually doing something that is good throughout the country and not gotten uh, gotten the, the recognition you will, not recognition, that's what we're talking about, gotten the coverage that you that that you deserve over the uh over on the mainstream media. Uh, are you doing anything to mitigate that other than well, here you have independent media here will definitely be covering it, but are we doing anything to sort of shame these guys into doing what's right? I think I think a number of things are uh, were being done from the beginning. From the very beginning, uh, William Barber worked with people like Eric Preston uh, to have their own individual media uh, that was independent of all that was going on. Uh, they worked with a number of other people who were documentarians who were recording. Uh, the uh, materials that were going on to make sure that we always had our own ability to witness. But I mean, you're right. Uh, literally from the first major Moral Monday events, we noticed that there weren't the kinds of media that should have been there to see the greatest movement in the South since the 1960s. Uh, there weren't the kinds of independent media that were uh, there in other places. Uh, we were always able to bring out some people. We had some groups that were constantly there. Uh, there were some people that were there from Latino groups. There were people that were there from uh, from independent media groups, and even some groups uh, some from Spectrum News that were uh, there from the beginning. But always there was the, a dearth of the kind of reporting that we'd like to see. Uh, in uh, January of, uh, excuse me, February of 2014, when we had the biggest movement in the state of North Carolina in the South since the 1960s with the HK on J, more than 100,000 people showed up. The media uh, was barely present, was barely evident. And those that were there reported something like 50 to 60,000 people and did not record the actual number of people that were there. Uh, so I think there's always been the sense that uh, the official media were trying to make sure that they downplayed 
what was actually going on. But the, the fact is that they could not do it. And because we had our own media sources, because we had our own people that were showing up and taking pictures and recording things, uh, they could not keep uh, a lid on what was going on. Even today, we need to make sure that we push this out there. That's why I'm so glad that Sam has gotten independent media sources, people that are coming out to make sure that the sounds of the people are being heard. Uh, we've got people uh, like Brian Kasher, who have been there from the very beginning to make sure that people could hear what was going on, could see it, could see it streamed live uh, on Facebook, could see it streamed live on other alternative media to make sure that the voices of the people would be heard. Well, I'll be picking that up as well, Reverend. Uh, I, I tell you what, this is all to control the narrative. You see, the narrative of a fusion movement is dangerous because yes, it, is. it is all people getting together. And when all people get together, uh, it, it it makes the plutocracy concerned, if you will. Anyhow, let's go ahead and close this down. We'll make sure and get all this information out. Give me a closer, Samantha. Thank you so much for getting this out there. It is so important that we do get the do get media uh, to recognize what's happening. It is huge what is happening. We had an event uh, last June in Washington, D.C. We took over Pennsylvania Avenue. We closed it down. We shut it down. We had uh, over 200,000 people. It was an amazing, uh, an amazing uh, event. And there was two minutes of coverage on the local news. Somebody doesn't want people to see this. Yes, thank you, you for nailed getting it. Out. You thank nailed you. it, but yes. you nailed it, Samantha, but we're gonna make sure people see it. Reverend? Yes, yes. we are. Yes, we are. Thank yeah. you. I want to say, please uh, take a look back at the, that event. Eric Preston and uh, Andrea Preston and Fusion Films did a fine job of making sure that everything's documented. There were more than 250,000 people, I think, you had at that event and last uh, in, in Washington last year. It was an amazing event. But this event, we hope, will be a great way of bringing it home. In essence, the reason we're doing a Moral Monday in Charlotte was because Dr. Barber, when we had our commemorative and... Uh, reminder of Moral Monday a couple of months ago uh, reminded us that we need to take these messages back home. So this is an opportunity to come to Charlotte, North Carolina and say uh, the work of Moral Monday is still not done. The need to bear moral witness against the uh, unjust legislation that's coming out of our General Assembly is not done. And we need to do this in Charlotte, North Carolina, in Wilmington, in Winston-Salem, in Asheville. We need to make sure that this message continues to resonate and that people continue to hear a moral voice. So that's what we're doing in Charlotte on the 24th of July. We're trying to make sure that we're amplifying this moral voice back home in Charlotte. And we hope that people will take this seriously wherever you are. Uh, so I was just at a Moral Monday in Tennessee a couple of months ago. I hope that uh, in Texas, in, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in Los Angeles, uh, California, that this moral message will continue to resonate and that people will continue to make sure that we hear uh, the need for moral legislation coming from our General Assemblies. And let's take this message back to Washington, D.C. The way the Poor People's Campaign has been doing, let's to make sure we amplify this moral message so that our legislators know that we cannot continue to rule in favor of the 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 uh, the the wealthy the rich the elites uh, we need to make sure that the people's voice is heard and that common people's voices and needs and interests are represented in our state capitals and in our capital in Washington DC
could not be said any better. Reverend Dr. Rodney Sandler and Samantha Turner, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Good to be with you today, Egberto. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.